Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Down Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. And I'm Travis Noel. We're live at the Save on Meats restaurant in East Vancouver. On today's episode, we'll be joined by Dazor May. Dazor May are a dynamic and adventurous alternative pop group who have slowly but surely been making a name for themselves as one of the most promising musical acts to come from central British Columbia. Since 2016, the band has played multiple national and international festivals, including Breakout West, M for Montreal, Skookum, Reaperbahn in Germany, and The Great Escape in the UK. They've also had the opportunity to open for the likes of Scenic Route to Alaska, Cold War Kids, and Jimmy Eat World. 2020 promises to be a exciting new chapter in the band's career. So let's do some introductions for our listeners. What's your name and what do you play? Uh, my name's Carson Bassett and I play the drums. I'm Aiden. I uh, sing and I play guitar and uh, keyboards and ukulele, I guess. I'm Nolan and I play bass and keyboards. So you guys are from the Okanagan, yeah, Okanagan Valley town of Vernon, BC. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Um, I would say great, only because the lack of the lack of things to do, um, <laughs> just let us focus on music, and there's like, you know, a pretty tight knit community, but like everyone was pretty supportive of what we were doing, um, even if we weren't great from the beginning like at all like they were just super supportive because we were out there doing it um i would say great to an extent just because once we you know graduated high school then it was just like there's literally nothing to do so that's when we decided to make the move yeah i think i mean i wouldn't say there's nothing to well yeah there's kind there's not a lot to do when you're you've been there for like your whole life but um and you've done it all by like time you're 18 but yeah i think probably like couldn't have asked for a better spot to be a musician because you just kind of have to look for inspiration and it kind of like forces you to just kind of sit down and just like grind it out and stuff because there's not a lot of distractions Mm -hmm. so yeah it's pretty cool yeah so it's kind of like because I've heard stories of bands like, oh, we we locked ourselves in a cabin for two months and wrote and recorded a whole album. So it's kind of like that, but the entire incubation period of the band. That's Your whole a life, great yeah. Way to put it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. I mean, we would come here and stuff, and then we'd be like, oh, that's what, like, a music, like, no disrespect to Vernon, but, like, the music scene is uh, either not there or it's just there for a little bit. So we come to, like, bigger cities like Vancouver and just be like, oh, that's what a music scene is like. And, like, that's what it's like to have this this kind of, like, competitive culture in music and stuff. And then we would bring that back and try and try and integrate it as, mo- as best we could as just one band. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, like, a, definitely like being, like, kind of, like, sheltered from the world a bit. Yeah, and, and kind of on that, I mean, 
did you folks when you were still living there did you have that many other bands that you could play with that many other contemporaries or was it or were you the guys um for a while when we were like maybe 14 15 there was like maybe three or four other bands and this uh one guy that we know from vernon or i guess from lumby near vernon put on like a music festival one year um in this cool little venue called the hub that isn't there anymore so there was like two or three years of that which was very cool but then either those bands got older and just stopped or they moved to different cities so it kind of seemed like we were the only ones left after that in a way so um but yeah for a while there was there were some bands to play with but then they just kind of faded out or moved away yeah, it's kind of like a thing of like, there's, like, I'm not, I don't want to like just trash this hometown. I love it. It's kind of, you know, it's important and it's crucial to like this band and who we are um, and how we sound. But there, it w- it's definitely like a thing of like, oh, there's not enough stuff for young people here. So then young people move away. But then there's not enough stuff for young people here because there's no young people here kind of thing. And like self-fulfilling yeah yeah Yeah. it's getting more and more and it's getting cooler but it's definitely uh challenging if you're like kind of it just feels like you against the world when you're trying to be creative trying to be an artist so well it's i mean it's funny you say that because even you know i'm from surrey myself and surrey is not that far from vancouver but that's almost part of the problem is that if you're you know if you're a young person in high school or whatever, like there, there is nowhere to play in Surrey, for example, or nowhere you want to play. It's always like, oh, well, you got to go to Vancouver. Right. Everything's going on in the city. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And kind of on that, I mean, what influence did the community have on the music you would wind up creating together? I mean, honestly, sorry, can I move this for a second? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, we, uh, I don't know, we kind of, like, a lot of what the scene is there is, like, blues and, like, classic rock, like, cover bands, like, dad rock cover band kind of thing, and then there's, like, big, like, there's, like, a symphony, and then there's, like, jazz band in school and stuff, but we kind of, like, and there's a jazz club, like, a local jazz club, but we kind of were just raised on the internet f- for arts and culture, and so I think because there wasn't anybody really there doing like what we wanted to do or making the kind of stuff we wanted to make i think it kind of just forced us to like look out kind of look globally and so we always feel like we're trying to not be like a canadian band a vernon band a bc band but just be like a a global band in the sense of like taste and style so i think it pushed us to look elsewhere a little bit not in a bad way just it was inevitable yeah, and uh, I actually kind of had a question about that. As your music draws from a wide range of influences, and uh, even in one interview I read, uh, you cite, as you mentioned, the internet is a major factor in the diversity of your sound. Do you feel it's almost imperative for bands to have at least some interest in a wide range of genres in order to craft music that's compelling to the modern listener? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah. The, the kind of people that we hung out with are like listen to everything so um 
Carson, you can. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just like, if you look at music around the world, different genres, like even necessarily ones that you don't think make sense together. Um, it's just like, it's just like if you're a painter, you know, you have all these colors and it's just like, how do you, if you mix two colors, what do you get from that? So it's like, it's almost like you just have more like spices to cook with. Yeah. And a little, sometimes something you didn't think would influence a pop song all of a sudden does. Um, mm. And I just think it's important to listen to a lot of music as a musician or a creator in music um, from whatever genre, anytime. Like, I just think it's home. Like, it's like your homework. Dude, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you can't, I think, in that interview, if I'm guessing the one you're talking about, I think I said something like, you can't you can't change oh you can change a genre or like push a genre forward by looking outside of it and i i didn't come up with that i think someone else said that but um and i just thought that was cool but like yeah like stretching taste is um mm -hmm. i read like the steve jobs biography like last year and that was a big thing was like people kind of like what they like but if you can kind of get in to their kind of world of taste with what they like and then be like hey i can kind of like how about like what you like, but with a little bit of like this new thing and you can kind of like stretch what people listen to. And um, just like, I think our goal is to just be fresh as consistently as possible and not, we just get bored so easily. So just like not do the same thing over and over again, album after album. So yeah, just a big collage of, we're always just going to be picking things that we like and just mixing them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and our, our favorite bands and artists usually um, with each album they come out with they usually have a different sound or somewhat different sound and they don't just keep yeah. doing the same thing over and over again which was really inspiring to us and still is so that's definitely the goal who are some of the bands that uh you've kind of been listening to in that sort of vein that's a good question. Re recently or just overall yeah oh, recently overall um first one that comes to mind this is overall not recently cage the elephant just because yeah. every album showed just progress in who they were as artists. Um, you know, like, every album sounds like Cage the Elephant, but you can't compare one album to another, if that makes sense. Um, so that artist, for sure, lots of hip-hop artists do it, too, where it's like all of a sudden one album's just like the production is super, like... Um, live instruments and live instrumentals or like jazz like, jazz, like um to pimp a butterfly kendrick lamar super live instrument heavy still has tons of program drums and program beats but um that compared to like good kid mad city has like a different it's like from trap to jazz yeah, yeah. exactly so um or not trap maybe but like yeah yeah but it's it's like they're still staying true to who they are as artists, but they're just showing de like development in their production or writing and all that stuff. Yeah, I think you should never plateau. I mean, which is sounds obvious, but you should never just be like, "Oh, this is comfortable. I like how this sounds." Like that's a, something that we're always told. Like, because we're like, I get that we're like basically maybe just leaving the state of being kids now, but like we started playing when we were like a little ten or eleven, so our whole like childhood our whole youth has been like 
older guys in the music industry and bands being like, you just need to find your sound, man, and then stick with that sound and just know how to do it really well. And I'm like, at the time I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool guy, in a, you know, in the leather jacket and a big band or whatever. And then now I'm like, ah, oh, that's super boring. Hey, what up? Um, that's super boring. So I'm just kind of like, you have to grow if you kind of just find that one thing and stick with it and you just stay on that plateau. It's just like, event. I mean, it might be good for like a couple of years, but eventually you just are... I don't know, people are going to stop being interested. And I would hope that you would get bored with that but um, and just want to move on. So yeah. always progress, always going up. Yeah, I think it was, I don't know the exact quote, but David Bowie said something like, if you're comfortable, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So kind of that vein. Yeah, and you know, I, I certainly agree with that sentiment as well. I, I can only, honestly, I can only think of like maybe a handful of bands that like figure out one song and sound and just stuck with it almost like in a militant way and were able to make really successful careers out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. like, I don't know, uh, so ACDC and Motorhead maybe? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. Totally. Every other successful musician, now that I think about it, they did that. They were like, okay, well, we'll we're going to get to where we need to with this sort of sound and then go off from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think also... I mean, some artists like to make their music experience be like a like you like an escapism thing, like getting out of the world and getting kind of into this new world that they've created. And I like that, but I just also think when you're creating something and putting it out into culture, um, you should be aware of the culture that and the environment and landscape that you're putting it out into. So, um, and that's all, which is always changing. So evolution is just kind of like survival and just um yeah just being conscious of what is out there and how what you're saying and doing how that either fits in or disrupts or or kind of how it shifts the culture yeah you you um i i've i've thought about that as well in terms of if you want to write a song in a certain style or you want to play in a certain style that's great but you don't ever want to be in a position where you just sound like you're replaying an older idea yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah and just like yeah i don't know i don't i just i get bored so easily so i just it's just kind of like in terms of like why it happens with us it's almost less of a conscious thing it's just like i just want to do this now like that's what we sound like now yeah yeah kind of some more bio questions I wanted to wanted to ask. At what point did you guys, you know, assemble a proper lineup and start playing shows as a serious gigging band? Do you remember? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that is a getting very, in the time machine. Yeah. yeah. Very good question. Digging in my brain for that one. Um great. I would say probably 2012 or 2013. Wait. Even even later than that, I would like, say yeah. probably when we met this guy um uh, Joe Pinero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really sort of instilled like an idea of professionalism into us at uh, like 15 or 16, which was awesome. He was like, yeah, an incredible mentor. Really um, showed us how to how to be a, band. To be a band pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have a leather jacket? He no, did not. No. <laughs> that was how I knew I could trust we him. Could, we were like, this guy. <laughs> He produced Talk Beast to a Wolf as well. Yeah. He, oh, there you he go. He kind of yeah. just got us through that whole... He, like, accelerated our career a little bit, got us in front of 
some industry people and helped us get our manager and our agent and stuff like that. So, yeah, but it was 2015? 2015, probably. Yeah, 2015, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Five years ago. Damn. Crazy. And kind of, I guess, in that vein, you guys are known for you know putting on a high energy live show. How'd you go about developing your performance chops? Because I know, like, I mean, just thinking about thinking back to watching bands in a high school talent show, we're like, oh, you're standing still, yeah, and <laughs> just holding your instrument. Uh, that exactly. Um, can I move this again? We we're sharing a mic. Um, I think just seeing, yeah, going to shows like local shows, um, or just seeing videos of people who were famous or whatever and being like well that's really boring to look at um and also just like again just getting bored easily and like we played a bunch of shows and then i was like well i don't want to do that forever like in that exact same way so we got to just figure out how to how to make that more exciting and i think sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say for me it was like a lot of the bands that i grew up listening to in the formative years when i was playing starting to play drums were like they were just thrashers. Yeah. Like, they would go hard. The lead singers would go hard. The guitar Everyone was just going hard. It was just, like, this party element on stage. And it was, like, a feeling that I was having. It was, like, I was a part, a part of something that was so fun. Mm-hmm. And the only difference between that and a band who's just standing still was, like, it just becomes this engaging thing in the audience. And, like... Yeah, if the band's having fun, the audience is having fun. And that is what's important for everyone. Yeah, it, just looks, it looked so much more fun. Yeah. And for some reason, we've just always had that attitude of just, like, when you play, probably, like you said, all our influences are, like, we're thrashing around and stuff. And it's just, like, when you play music live, that's how you do it. And we were, like, 11, we're, like, okay, that's how you do it. And that hasn't changed. So, um I mean, it's evolved in, like, how you do it, I guess, but it, the energy thing is just part of who we are now. It's ingrained. Yeah. Yep. What's the songwriting process and group, di- yeah, group dynamic for you guys? I mean, considering how long you've been playing together, I imagine certain elements of the process must come pretty naturally now. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, for Talk Piece to a Wolf, it was mostly Aiden bringing some lyrics and some chords to everyone else and then just kind of working on that from there and then more recently like in the last well I guess the last three or four years so maybe not so recently we started um the rest of us in the band started getting more into like um producing songs like on our computer and like just making yeah like just like different ideas like in Logic or Ableton or whatever we happen to have at the time and then um, Aiden would add whatever lyrics or vocals he would have. So um, right now it's like anyone will come up with the instrumental, um, like the initial instrumental idea, and then Aiden will always bring the lyrics. But it's super collaborative, the whole thing, start to finish. Yeah. Now it is, yeah. Now, now it is, yeah. Now, yeah. Was it more Aiden-centric in the beginning, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it was like, I know for me, it was like, I play drums, so I'm just going to write the drum part, and that's it. But now it's like, 
will like all help with melody or structure chords, chords or yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, we used to very much just stay in our own lane. Yeah. Like if you play the bass, you write the bass part. Yeah. You don't do anything else. And now it's just like now it's like randomly Nolan will write a drum part that I'm just like that's just objectively cool that <laughs> I can't like I can't do it better. So um or like I'll put some chords down or write a melody or whatever it is. So it's kind of become a very, very collaborative thing. Like, yeah, if it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter who came up with it or, like, what their role is. And kind of on that, obviously, besides the typical assortment of pop, rock, instrumental gear, the band incorporates horns and strings and all sorts of electronic percussion and synths into your music. How do you know when to include certain sounds or instrumentation into a song? That's Um, a good question. I think we're just, um, we're always writing on the computer and we're really enamored with how keyboards sound. Um, sometimes we have to consciously go, oh, we should like put a guitar part in here. Like maybe it should be real bass or real drums or something just because of the immediacy of writing on a computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just love how different and full or thin or whatever like synths can sound specifically. Yeah, but on, like, horns and string stuff, it's, like, many hours of going through sound after sound after sound. <laughs> like, it's it'll def- it all starts with MIDI. Um, yeah, it's, like, this sound, that note, next sound, and then randomly you'll, like, oh, this, like, tuba sound sounds sick <laughs> if you play it up here. So then, you know, it'll go from that. It's It's not necessarily a conscious thing. It's more just, like, searching for the sound that makes us feel something or reflects the chords in a nice way or sits in a good spot in the mix like it's Mm -hmm. it's totally just searching the whole time yeah sometimes it's like there's some songs um especially on the new ep that we just finished um where they just start from a sound like oh i want to make a song with this sound because it's such a cool sound and then other songs are just like you write it very song right singer songwriter kind of on a guitar and like a piano or whatever and then and then you just add what you think is cool it's a good question because i've never asked I've never myself thought, that no, I've never <laughs> like about why that. we choose it it's yeah just like we got there yeah yeah um just what feels right i think most of it is feeling um yeah mm. yeah it was i like asking that one because it's uh it's a it's a thinker in terms of yeah there's instinct versus intent mm. I, I gotta wonder if uh, a good chunk of music is just instinct or maybe would, just your music I, so. I don't know I think ours is sometimes I'm like I wanna say this in this way in a song I just don't have the song to say it in and then but that's kind of more and more rare now I just kind of go on I would say most of it is instinctual now and just feeling mm-hmm. maybe yeah. some sounds you're like yeah, sometimes you're like, I just want a song with that sound in yeah. it. I just I need an excuse to like put this sound out in the world or whatever. Um, or sometimes you're like, I know exactly what needs to happen right now. Like I know exactly which sound's gonna fill this out, or which sound is gonna be the bridge, or like. But that's still kind of like instinctual, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like mostly but, feeling, I think. But sometimes it'll be like this part of the song feels really empty. Like, what sound do we need to make it feel full? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time where it's like really intentional looking for a sound that sits within like a certain frequency range or something. Right, right. Yeah. Makes sense. 
And uh, you mentioned something that I, I definitely wanted to talk about. Uh, as you know, the band's released one EP, Talk Peace to a Wolf, mm-hmm. that was back in 2016, and you released yep. an additional single about two years ago, Role Model. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have in store for new music? We've been working on a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of change and growth with us. Um, and, you know, it's like we thought, when we released Role Model two years ago, we thought we had the rest, and we were like, oh, we got it. And then it just, you know, like, something we couldn't have anticipated, like, just kind of all didn't fall into place the way we wanted to. So, you know, it was a little bit back to the drawing board, um, but <clears throat> we now know what we want sonically and writing wise and what we want to say more than ever um and we've been working with steve bays with for the new album for the new ep um and new music's coming this year soon um and we're just all excited to just put all the cards on the table yeah yeah we basically like did like um you know when like sometimes a record label will like find like a singer um, who's, like, kind of young, and they don't have a lot of experience with, like, writing songs and stuff, and they'll put them in, like, a development deal, and they just, like, where they just work on songs, like, every day for, like, a couple of years or whatever till they have an album. We basically just did that with ourselves. Um, unintentionally. Unintentionally. <laughs> and we didn't pay ourselves any money. Um, and we just, like, we wrote, like, yeah, I guess, I like, we an album's like, worth. Of oh, man, it was more. It was about, like, 50 yeah. songs that we wrote that are just all not in use yeah wow yeah like it was we had just no idea what we wanted to sound like i think for like a year and a bit and then we uh wrote like an album like okay this is the next thing and then um yeah we just scrapped it and and restarted and that's what that's what's coming out now oh wow so is there a a lost album floating around somewhere or not online i don't think but (laughs) On our hard drives, a lost, unfinished album. <laughs> um, yo, this being <laughs> um, that I don't think will be revived, but um, some like the good pieces survived. Yeah, um, everything. But there weren't a lot that made the cut. Mm. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any any songs from that that batch that have been retooled? Well, for I mean, the new release. Um. Role model was, I guess, yeah, from Rome, that batch. But oh. Rome, ah, role model is like prehistoric. <laughs> like role model is like we were working on it when we were working on Talk Peace to Wolf, and then we just kind of mm-hmm. it didn't fit. We didn't finish it to get it to a point that we wanted it, and like, and then it evolved for like three years. Yeah. Until yeah. when we sent we sent a batch of songs to Steve, um, and there were certain ones with that we in our hearts wanted to do, but we wanted to hear his opinion, um, and we all didn't want role model <laughs> yeah we we, we were, almost didn't even send it to yeah, him. yeah we almost didn't option. even send it to him like we were, we were just like why not like it was literally like 30 seconds long when we sent it to him and he was like that's the one and i cried when we finished it did you yeah wow i went outside and cried because it was just like three was, years of like it was three years of toiling on this song figuring out wow. yeah it was the longest probably ever spent on a song yeah, but I'm glad that like things out of our control lined up to make it 
come out. Yeah. To actually answer the question, um, sorry, dude. Just role model. I think um, there's like a few bits and pieces that are in demos that we have right now from that batch that we're like pretty excited on, but um, I just can't. I can't speak on it because it's always changing. Mm. It never. It's never really done until it's recorded and out. Fair enough. Um, I guess kind of on that, how would you compare the new material you've been working on with the songs you've released over the past few years? Um, I think it's gotten to the point where Talk Piece to Wolf just doesn't really represent us in the way we want it to. Like, we're we're very proud of it, um, but it just doesn't sound like the present day us. So we're just really itching to actually put out something that sounds accurate. Um, so... I think it sounds pretty different, but maybe people will think it's in the same vein, but hopefully not. I think um, I think role model is like a a good bridge between the two sounds, um, but it's definitely it definitely is a lot. Di- well, maybe not a lot different. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say. I can't really be super objective with my own work, but um, definitely different. Yeah. Are you looking to do more? Oh, sorry, wrong question. No, it's uh, good. Looking, I don't have a script. What are you talking about? <laughs> One of the ways, obviously, that you've promoted the music you have released so far is that you've released a music video for literally every song that you've put out. Yeah. Um, what are your plans for this new batch of songs that you're working on? Same thing, probably. Yeah, so far, <laughs> this um, the song that's coming out next, the video's already done. So nice. Um, and we already have ideas for other videos. We have two videos done already. Yeah, we have two videos done. Yeah. So totally it's just in my, like everyone perceives stuff differently. Some people, um, the song will really speak to them and other people, a visual will just really seal it in. So I think that having one for every song is just like a cherry on top of the whole thing. Yeah, I'm just a super visual person um, as well. I mean, not to say that like I'm the only one in the band. I just, they're, I'm like, hey, is it cool if we do a music video for this one? And they're always like, yeah. So, um, usually, right? I think so. Yeah, no, um, not a problem yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and are you looking to do more one-off videos like your 2017 vlog series or that mm. spoken word video you did titled, I Know You Hate This Side of You? Which, like... I was I made a point of like watching through all your YouTube content. And that one really stuck out oh, in cool. terms of like, oh wow, this is this is different from everything yeah. else I've seen. Cool. That's a that's a deep cut. That's a deep <laughs> cut. Uh, do you want to answer? Um, we definitely we definitely want to have some more videos um, on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, just to also show the the life side of things rather than just the musical side of things. Um, yeah. I think it helps people relate more to the music. Yeah, I mean, um, we've done, like, some, like, IGTV videos um, of us, like, moving here and, like, um, a couple other, like, one-off things. But, yeah, yeah, the 2017 video series was just, like, I want to see if I can make, like, a video for every month of the year and, like, pair them together and stuff just as, like, an exercise. Um, And uh, it was exhausting. Like... I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. It was super fun, but like, it's just something. Just because we've been writing so much lately, I just can't divert the attention 
as much. So um, maybe when we start touring, it'll 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 go up. But yeah, currently we're just kind of still in. We're like easing out. We're in the transition period of like total like sheltered work mode to like extroverted touring public publicity mode. So we'll get there. It'll happen. Yeah. It tends to be the pattern with... It's almost seasonal. Bands yeah. seem to go into turtle mode yeah, later in the year. Yeah, disappear. Yeah. Well, because summer is the time to be out and about. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Um, you'd mentioned something I wanted to, to highlight. The band obviously uh, moved to Vancouver last year after calling Vernon home for the majority of your tenure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has the move changed things for the band? For the better. Um, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think it's so far since we actually haven't played any shows yet. Um, it's mostly just because we're living together, not necessarily where we are in the world. But um, I'd like to see how um, it feels once we start actually playing some more shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes things faster. Like, decisions get made faster. And, like, you don't have to, like, wait for the person to, like, text you back because they're, they're, like, in the same room as you. Um, and we have like a little like studio set up in our I guess what would be like our living room Um, it's just cool like you can kind of just like show each other ideas and just kind of like while you're like making lunch or dinner or something and just kind of it's very which makes it more of like you're live we're like living it we're living the music stuff instead of kind of just being like well I do that when I go to like that part that guy's house and then i go home and i don't do it kind of thing it's just it's like that's what it is surrounds you so it's super cool yeah i bet uh the band has had the chance to play in multiple festivals in canada the united states and europe what would you say is your fondest festival or touring memory um (laughs) oh i think when we played when we did uh europe in may of 2018 that was just a really good time in the band and our lives so that was a ton of fun yeah um and then also the tour that we did in august in the u.s with tessa violet was definitely a highlight as well because yeah. um her fans um like like our kind of, like our music because it's sort of in a similar-ish vein similar enough that people wouldn't be confused like one time we opened for the trues and the audience was just not having it not having <laughs> it so yeah it was sweet to actually get to play in front of people that got it yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i would say probably the u.s in august and uh europe was super cool europe is just like a cool place because people don't care who you are and they'll just come see your show um or at least i guess in i should say like in germany where we were i don't know about everything else but um and the UK is just always such a cool, like, I think a lot of our influences are UK musicians, so, or at least have something to do with that culture, so, um, just a really cool place to be a musician over there, and, yeah. I'd say those are highlights. I'd probably agree, yeah. Yeah. Every tour has something, it's just so fun, man, like, everybody kind of, com- the bigger artists, I get that it's tough, and, like, people complain about it, but I just, I can't get enough of that, that kind of, like you don't have to do anything else that day you just have to like make sure that you're in the best shape you possibly can be to play music that night and then you can sleep and you know to exercise and whatever in the day but just like you don't have to there's no other worries or whatever pretty much it's it's super cool 
And kind of on that, what are your touring plans for 2020? At the moment, none. <laughs> Hopefully that'll change. We can be optimistic. Um, yeah, the biggest plan at the moment is just this getting this EP out. Um, and then if a tour comes from that, that'd be great. Um, like we're at the tail end of January, but it's only been a month since 2020. So there's, you know, like opening slots come up pretty last minute. So, you know, in two months, like we could be going on tour in the summer. It's kind of spontaneous. spontaneous. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I don't know, but I hope it changes. We're playing uh, Blue Light. Yeah, we are playing Blue, Blue Light Studios sessions uh, February fifteenth. Um, it's like a live. I mean, I know you. I know you know what it is, but uh, it's like a live. Um, I guess just like a live show that's filmed and recorded, but it's in like a studio live room. So there's like, I don't know, seventy people there or something. Um, mm-hmm. But that's basically all we got right now. We're kind of just like figuring out like a strategy, release, release plan, launch plan kind of thing, and then shows will just come to to service that basically to just like hold the music up and get it farther out there what do you guys have uh planned for that specific performance at blue light studio on february 15th something different i think like we haven't played a show for since september of yeah since like last year well yes since september so like we have a bunch of new songs, a bunch of songs that are on. We're playing all the new songs on the new EP, but oh, then cool. we're also playing like songs that aren't on the EP, but are just that we're working on currently, just to see how they bounce off other people and stuff. And yeah, a lot of new stuff. And a lot of thrashing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we like. Yeah. At least in your case. And my case. In our yeah. case, yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a really cool show, especially with the amount of new material that you're going to be playing. So I'm yeah. definitely going to do my best to make it out to, to that. Um, Thanks, how can uh, listeners check out your music and keep up with everything Days or May are up to? We are just at Days or May on every platform. So Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming platforms, um, Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok. TikTok, if you're into that. Um, you can keep up with our weird lives on TikTok. <laughs> No music-related content. Yeah. <laughs> just You're doing it wrong. Just the weirdest videos we have on our phones go on TikTok, I think. Is, um, it, is it the new Vine now? I was under the impression it was basically like you do of. like lip-syncing. And that's, uh, that's like one lane. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's I, what I did. I would say it's it. like the new Vine. There's a lot of good, really funny people on there, so I would and creative people, so. Okay. Yeah. We're, yeah, Days or May. D-A-Y-S-O-R-M-A-Y. Um, it's one word. But yeah, all the platforms, all platforms. Well, excellent. Thank you, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Thank Great. Appreciate yeah. you. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for listening. We're your hosts, James Olson and Travis Noel. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio. Oh, I'm doing your part. I'll just keep going with it. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook on Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube Pacific Sound Media, and on our website at PacificSoundRadio.com. You want to take the next part, Travis, that I usually say? Sure. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com. 